Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you're back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. Hey guys, how's everybody doing today? Uh, here we are at the end of November, it's Thanksgiving week, we are several days away from Turkey Day, and I can't believe how fast this year is going, uh, in just a few more days we will be in December, and... Less than a month till 2024. That's insane. I don't know how to handle that. I haven't wrapped my head around that yet. Feels like just yesterday, it was hot, it was August, and now here we are. But that's the way things go. Got to enjoy it. So whatever you're doing this week, I hope you're spending it with family, having a good meal, having some turkey, or having whatever traditional dish your family likes to have. Um, I know in my end of the woods here, we uh, we got a, we got a German German cooking coming up here, so that means red cabbage, which is not my favorite thing to eat. Uh, I, I despise it, but uh, you know, which is weird because I love uh, you know I love everything else. I love everything else, but uh, red cabbage just doesn't do it for me. So uh, whatever you're eating, you know, whatever your grandma's secret recipe is for whatever came from the old country, uh, hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to spending the next couple days here just chilling out, relaxing, doing some editing, hanging out with my kiddo, uh, just 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 soaking it up, right? It's a nice little break. Uh, I did have a crazy weekend this last weekend. We were out in Gary, Indiana. I've been back to Gary in a couple years, uh, hung out with a couple friends, uh, and just uh, did some exploration, did some re- reshoots of some places we've been, but I mean to get back to... Uh, Zipped up to Chicago for one or two things, and it just—it was a—it was a beautiful weekend. The skies were blue, and the sun was that like late autumn. That, that just—I don't know. That's a certain blue color to the sky that I can't even describe. But it was beautiful. A slight little breeze, just cold enough to be comfortable, but not cold enough to be you know bundling up and and, and freezing to death. It was beautiful. Um, so yeah, good times about that. Lots of stuff I'll tell you guys about that later on down the line. Um, I have plans this, this month here to go back to Point Pleasant in West Virginia, uh, to go check out some more stuff Mothman related. If you guys tuned in a couple weeks ago, I had the Mothman show, um, lots of cool stuff down in Point Pleasant to explore out in the backwoods, lots of old bunkers and all kinds of stuff out there. So we're going to do that when it's easy to see, because this time of year, all the underbrush is gone and you can see everything you're looking for. So that'll be exciting. Uh, I've been thinking about some things I want to do in the next, in the, in the coming year, and I had a crazy idea. I was, I was sitting there in my classroom today, waiting for my kids to finish their test. I had this crazy idea. Uh, I got to thinking about Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, if you've never read The Stand before, I highly suggest you do. It's this apocalyptic thriller, Stephen King at his finest. It's all about, you know, what would happen if some kind of disease gets out and wipes out 99.4% of the population and what happens to the survivors. What I kind of want to do is, is, is maybe even go to some of the places that are on, you know, in that book, you know, and visit those locations wherever they're at and just, you know, do a kind of a travelogue kind of thing just to have some fun. That might be a little tough because you go from everywhere to uh, from New York City to the middle of Kansas to the, you know, to, to L.A. and, and uh, Las Vegas. So who knows uh, down the line, maybe down the line, maybe. I don't know. It was just a crazy idea that came into my head. Um, I'm definitely planning a long-term Route 66 trip. There's nothing more that I'd rather do than take the old mother road from Chicago to, you know, Santa Monica and then fly back home and, and you know, just an, maybe an amazing time, I think. So maybe, maybe this is the year. We'll see. Uh, I kind of want to get to Route 66 before too much longer because, uh, as you guys know, as time moves on, a lot of this stuff's getting wrecked, torn down, and gone. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, um, so today I have a story for you guys. This is kind of a free flow today. I don't have much scripted today, but I did want to tell you guys a story uh, of something something that happened to me recently in Detroit, in the Motor City, a couple of weekends ago. Makes for a really good story, kind of a kind of a suspenseful story that I thought ah, I'll share it. I'll share it the next episode, and here we are. And then I want to talk a little bit about what I'm thankful for uh, in this hobby. Um, a lot of times we talk about, you know, the negative stuff that's going on and, and things that we're like, ah, but I kind of want to get, get, you know, kind of get into a positive mode here and just talk to you guys about all the things that this hobby has given to me, why I'm thankful. Um, some of it's, you know, insightful, some of it's funny, um, just stuff that I came up with on the fly, right? So it's kind of a short episode. I figured out ah, what the hell, um, can't all be hour long, you know? But, uh, so the story I'm going to tell you guys, this, this actually happened two weekends ago. This happened in Detroit. I had gone up to visit a friend of mine. She had asked me to come up and, uh, and do some exploring. I'm like, yeah, why not? Sure. Hadn't been up to the D in a while. 
And uh, we had some plans to hit some different places. Uh, one of the places we wanted to hit was this, uh, it's kind of the flavor of the month right now, or at least it was a few weeks ago. Everybody and their mom was going to this place. It was a fresh-ish uh, charter school that had been closed up for a while. Uh, a lot of stuff had been left behind. It was clean. Uh, it was one of those places where everybody wanted, everybody drove past and wanted to get in. No openings, no openings. And finally, boom, there was an opening. So everybody and their mom stampeded over there. And, you know, I, I kind of went the weekend after all that happened just to kind of get away from all that. Um, I'm going to call it, I'm gonna call it uh, Omega, uh, Omega Preparatory School is what I'm going to call it. All right, that's not its real name, but that's what I'm going to call it. Um, we went over there first thing in the morning. I picked up my friend. I, I drove up from Cleveland. Uh, and it was still dark out. I got there to her house as the sun was rising, and we loaded up, and off we went. And, uh, you know, 13 minutes later, we were parked down the street from this school. And it's still in pretty good shape. It's not one of those old buildings that's collapsing. This place probably saw action less than five years ago, I'm guessing. Um, and it had been sealed up ever since. I think there'd been one moment where it had been open for like two minutes, and then they sealed it back up again. It still had power when the last round of people got to see it. Uh, that's no longer the case. But uh, we parked down the street, and, uh, you know, still the sun was just starting to come up. We had a little bit of light. We walked down the street. We found the hole in the fence that someone had cut and uh, walked around towards where the, the, the entrance was. There's an entrance in the gym, in the gym area, like a little hallway right off the gym. So we open the door, and in we go. And first thing we see when we come into the, to the, to the gym is you know, we peek our head in, and uh, plenty of light in there, but we see a guy sleeping. There's a, a, a homeless dude sleeping there uh, on a little, little mat, and we're like, all right, you know, let's leave him be. We're not going to mess with him. We're not going to give him any hard times. We're just going to we'll come back later, uh, later on in the Explorer, and he'll probably uh, head out and do his thing for the day. Uh, so we let him be, and we decided right then and there, let's go upstairs, let's hit the top floor. And uh, that was probably the smartest thing we could have done. Almost like somebody was giving us a message. Like, both of us said it at the same time. Someone was telling us to go upstairs and explore upstairs. Uh, and it turns out that was the best thing we could have done. And I'll get into that later as to why. <laughs> It'll all make sense here shortly. So we, we spend the next eh, maybe 15, 20 minutes just you know, scoping out the, uh, the first few classrooms on that floor. Uh, this building's in a U-shape, a big squared-off U-shape, you know, with a, kind of like a courtyard in the middle, and like the boiler room building is in the middle, um, with windows all the way around so you can see the other side. Okay, cool, cool little school, probably built in the 1950s, I would guess. It had that feel to it. Everything about it said 1950s. And, uh, you know, we go upstairs, and, you know, the, the doors to the hallway were still intact. They were still those pneumatic ones that close and latch shut, right? Kind of like the, you know, you, you press on them and they open. Um, so we had, you know, we had doors that were there, so we'd know if someone else came up there. You could hear these doors open. You can't miss them. This big thunk, right, when you open them. Um, so we're up there in the floor. We're checking out uh, some of these classrooms, and there were a lot of desks left and you know, old clocks. The scrappers and the, the vandals haven't gotten there yet, so almost everything's still intact. Um, you could see that there started to be some scrapping. Some of the copper, uh, some of the computer wires that they had put in for the computer networks had been, you know, those had been yanked off the walls. But all the all the fixtures and things were still there. All the ceiling tiles were still in place. All that stuff. Um, nothing had been ripped up yet. Yet, <laughs> I stress yet. Um, about 15, 20 minutes into that, as we're hitting maybe the third classroom, we hear a ruckus from downstairs. It sounds like like it sounded like kids. It sounded like 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 just you know suburban white bread kids that had come into the building making noise you know like the typical you could hear it from downstairs someone was goofing around downstairs you could hear them walking around you could hear them making noise they weren't being quiet they weren't even attempting to be quiet and uh we were like all right well if someone comes up we'll deal with it but they you know within a few minutes they left i don't know if they heard us or you know maybe the homeless guy woke up and scared them off i don't know but they, they left um I'm not sure. They, they, they may have had something to do with what's coming up in the story here. So we spend the next maybe, I'd say, 45 minutes to an hour exploring the top floor. You know, we hit every room. There was all kinds of stuff left. There were instruments left behind. There were uh, just cool windows and cool things to see. The light coming through at that time of the morning made some cool, some cool light on the floor. It made for great photography. It was amazing. Uh, we get to the other end of the U, okay? And it's time to turn back around. Uh, we were going to go downstairs, 
there's a stairwell at the very end, kind of parallel to where we were on the other side of the building, on the opposite side of the U, right? There were these, you know, two, two parallel stairwells at other ends of the building. And we were going to go down and start the bottom floor. Um, it, it was weird. We started smelling what smelled like burning. Every time we'd pass a stairwell, it smelled like something was burning. Not like major fire, but like someone had lit a small little, you know, something. Something was burning. Uh, almost like burning insulation or something. We couldn't place it. Um, we're like, God, I hope none of the homeless people here are setting fires. Because we'd have to call that in. And we didn't want to have to mess with anybody. Um, so we, we, we start making our way to this stairwell on the opposite end. And we go down... But the doors that would lead us into the main hallway below were locked. We couldn't open the doors up to go in. And it turns out that was a lifesaver. <laughs> Boy, was it ever a lifesaver. We go back up the stairs, and we start walking back around the U to where we first came up the steps at, at, the, at the entrance point of the building. And as we're turning the corner to the middle of the U, at the end of the hallway, we see somebody standing there, standing there. And all we hear is, hey, who is that? And we're like, uh, why? Who are you? <laughs> right? And this guy comes walking towards us. And it turns out it's, it's like a 20-year-old kid. He's got a red hoodie on, um, got a backpack. You know, it looked like he, we thought maybe he was an explorer. And uh, this kid was terrified. You could tell he was scared. You could tell he had the adrenaline going. He was kind of shaking. He was like, oh, like he had just come from downstairs. And we're like, well, dude, what's, what's the matter? He's like, there's, there's three cop cars here. Three cop cars. Oh, shit. You know, so we're looking out the windows. We don't see anything. You know, we're looking out. And there, there's plenty of blind spots where there could be something, but we, we're not seeing anything. We're not hearing anything. You know, we were looking out windows, just trying to be sly, get a, get a feel for this. And he's like, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's three cop, cops looking around down in that main, down in the, in the, in the center building where the, the boilers are. They're, like, roaming around. They're looking around. There's, like, a bunch of them. Cops. Okay. And this, this kid, you know, he wasn't drunk, he wasn't on drugs, he wasn't, uh, he was, he was clean, he, he, it, it, he was just there. We didn't really ask him why he was there, we thought maybe uh, he had come, he was exploring, and he came upstairs, and, you know, he saw these cops and headed upstairs to try to find some place to hide, and he ran into us. So we tell him, look, there's a stairwell back there, if you go down to the bottom, there's some dark areas back there, if anything does happen, head for that, and you should be fine. Um... You know, he was he was scared. I, I, he he really was worried about these cops. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he had anything. I, I don't know if he was carrying anything. I have no idea. Nicest kid though. He was nice to us. He was perfectly fine. Um, so he heads he heads off in his direction, and we start making our way down towards the, the the stairwell to go downstairs. We're like, all right, well, we'll be careful. We'll be quiet before we go downstairs. We'll look around through some of the windows to see what we can see, and. Uh, as soon as we get close to the doors, the, 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 the pneumatic doors that open to take you down the stairwell to the bottom floor, we hear a commotion going on downstairs, and we hear, Detroit Police! Detroit Police Department! We're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Now, they can't see us. They don't hear us. They, maybe they heard us walking. Maybe they, maybe they didn't hear us at all. I don't know. But they, we're like, you know, do, we, do we go downstairs? Do we just give ourselves up? Normally, we would. In this situation, um, I would suck it up and just face them. Detroit police are fairly cool with explorers. If you, you know, you come right away and you, um, you know, you, you give yourself up. You just, hey, we're just exploring. You know, we didn't see any signs. You know, it's one of those things where if there's no, no, no trespassing signs, they really just tell you to get on your way. And uh, we probably would have been fine. But something in us told us to go hide. I don't know. Both of us looked at each other and went, let's go hide. You know, I would normally not do that. I would just come right out. You know, I respect the cops. I'm not going to give them any trouble. Um, but for some reason, something seemed off about the situation. So we, we tiptoed as fast as we could down the hall back to the middle of the U. Uh, there was a closet there, this darkened closet. Must have been maybe the custodian's, uh, I don't know, like a locker room where they'd leave stuff during their shift, you know, leave all their jackets and shit in there. And uh, we go into this darkened closet. And it's about maybe, I would say maybe 10 feet from the door to the back of this room. There's, there's lockers along the back. And then if, as you're walking into this closet, you turn left, and there's this big sink. Like, it's like an L-shaped, small L-shaped room. And there's a, an old floor sink, like where you would have filled up buckets and stuff. So we bring all of our stuff in there. We get into the... It's pitch black in there. Uh, the door is just so a little bit ajar, so you can kind of see some light. And uh, we decide to wait it out. And at first, we don't hear anything. We're in there for five minutes, and all of a sudden... We hear the doors, 
at the far end of the building where we had first come up open and close. And we started hearing doors opening and closing. And we started hearing voices, you know, Detroit police, anybody in here, Detroit police, anybody in here. They were doing a sweep. They were doing a sweep of the building, which right then told me that something serious was going on here because usually Detroit cops don't come in unless they have a good reason to come in. There has to be a good reason for them to enter a building because they don't know. It's just probably why there were multiple of them. There was probably something going on where they needed backup. And we're just, we're shitting our pants. We're like, oh no. Uh, and we, as we're listening to what's going on, we can hear them talking back and forth. As, as I, 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 I felt out maybe four different voices. Uh, there were two female, two male. Um, one African-American lady and uh, one Caucasian lady and then two what I assume were white dudes. And, um, you know, they were opening the doors, closing the doors. Now, we had found a couple rooms where it looked like people had been staying. There were a couple carpeted floors uh, you know, in some of the classrooms where somebody had been staying, uh, one of the rooms smelled like just bad, like garbage, like bad food that had gone bad. Um, and they were opening all the doors, checking everything, like, like, row by row. And they were coming closer and closer and closer to where we were at. Like, oh, shit. And finally, they turned the corner to where the, U, the top of the U is, where we're at. And they get closer, and I, I hear their voices. You can hear them walking down the hall. They got their flashlights. Um, just as the African-American lady comes to our door and she's talking to one of the other officers, she shines her light into the room where we were at, just briefly, real quick, and they did not see us in the back corner. They did not see us around the corner. We Real quick, and then she moved on. And I just, oh, I almost pissed my pants. I thought for sure they were going to see us, and they kept on moving down the hall. Now, a few minutes went by, and they got quieter and quieter as they searched the rest of the top floor. Um, we heard them go down one of the stairwells. And then downstairs, we heard a commotion, some kind of commotion going on, a lot of yelling and shouting. We're like, oh, what the hell's going on? Um, and then gradually, you know, we, we heard some noises here and there, probably them checking some stuff downstairs. And then finally, after a while, we heard silence. And uh, I looked to my, my friend and she looks at me. And we're like, we're not going anywhere. We're going to stay here for about a half hour. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay right here and just wait and see what happens. Um, because sometimes they'll, they'll stay behind and listen. They'll just they'll, they'll park somebody in, in, on that floor and they'll sit in a chair and they'll just listen to see what they hear. Because you know they know people hide, you know. Um, so we wait and we wait. We wait about a half hour. We're just standing there in the dark, not moving, which is hard to do when you've got jackets and camera equipment and everything else attached to you. You know, one little one little movement, and your jacket starts rustling, and you're like, oh shit, you know. So that, that's what's going on here now. After about maybe 15 minutes of silence, we start hearing somebody walking down the hallway. We're like, oh, shit, who's this now? And it, it, it's, it's somebody walking down the hall talking on their phone. And it, it, was, it, was, it turns out it was the kid we heard. He was on his phone, and he was like, oh, the cops were here, and I, I need to learn how to talk quieter and blah, blah, blah. He's, he's, he's back in the building. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming maybe he avoided getting caught. Maybe he came out. Maybe they're gone. Um, he walks back and forth down that hallway talking to whoever he was talking to. Finally, he disappears and goes wherever he goes. So finally, we decide, all right, it's time to, time to come out of this, this, this room and see what we can see. And if someone's still here, then we deal with that as we deal with it. So we walk down as quiet as we can down to the end where we came up the stairwell. And we open the doors. And, of course, it's loud as hell. You know, it just sounds loud. Everything sounds louder when you're trying to be quiet. We go down the stairs, and just as we're ready to leave, we, we go through the, the, the doors towards the, the outer door. We walk past the gym where the homeless guy was, and we turn around. We look through the glass windows of where the door we just closed, and there's, there's the kid. So we walk back in, and we're like, oh, dude, you, did you get caught? He's like, yeah, they caught me. I was in the basement. This guy went down to the basement. Well, this guy, who it turns out is this guy's name was Monty. He introduces himself. He's like, yeah, I'm just staying here for a couple days. I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I, I got a job lined up, but I'm not, I don't have a place to live right now. So I'm, I'm staying here. It, you know, it's at least better than being in, in the shelter. It's cleaner here. I can stay here and you know, I can take a shower at the church next door. And he, he's telling us his whole story. And um, nice guy, like really nice kid. Like you're hoping like something good happens to him. Um, he had all this stuff in his backpack. I, I don't know. We didn't ask much more than that. But Apparently, the burning we were smelling were crackheads that came in off the street. Apparently, there was a halfway house down the, down the road, and these guys had come to the, to the building to smoke crack. And 
the, you know, this guy Monty and the other homeless guy were like, oh, shit, they're going to cause trouble for us. So they, they, the, the, the older guy got out. Poor Monty got stuck where he couldn't leave. The cops, you know, he came up the stairs as the cops were coming in, and he was, he was trying to hide. He was terrified because he didn't want to get caught with that. He didn't want to get caught in that. Um, cops tend to be a little rough with the homeless people, even whether they're doing drugs or not. Uh, so, you know, Monty's telling us this whole story. And, um, you know, as we're doing this, um, yeah, he was just like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm so glad you guys made it. I thought for sure you guys, I thought you guys got out. And we're like, no, nah, we were, we were, uh, <laughs> we were, we were in the closet. He couldn't believe it. He's like, they didn't see you? No, they didn't see us. So we left, you know, and, and it, it, they were doing a crack sweep. They knew that there were crack addicts in there. There was drugs involved. I'm amazed they didn't bring dogs. And that would have been a, that would have been a, a shit fest had they brought dogs. Um, and, you know, they weren't there for us. They were there for someone who came in after us. So the, the raucousness that we heard early on was probably these guys showing up, finding a room, you know, lighting it up. And that's what we were smelling was the, was the, was the crack. Um, so, you know, we left there. And it's funny because my, my, my friend had her boyfriend. Her, they, she lives maybe 10 minutes away. Called her boyfriend. She's like, Come, you know, she's texting him in the dark. Like, 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 there's cops here. Drive around and see and let us know if there's any cops sitting outside. So he had actually driven up. Uh, to the area and, and done a couple laps around you know, the block to see, and he said the cops were gone. So finally we were able to come out. We, we, we came out, we, we went back through the hole and just breathed. It was just this, this like ex- exhalation. Just, oh, you know, we, we, were, we were safe, no cops. So you know, we had completely avoided whatever might have happened. Uh, and I assume they, they pulled those crackheads out of there and took them down, uh, down to the station. I don't know. Um, luckily, they let Monty go. They caught Monty. They let him go. And they realized he was just a homeless guy, no drugs. You know, he wasn't high, wasn't drinking. They let him go. Uh, the old guy that had been sleeping there, we saw him at a picnic table. It was like a park nearby. He was just chilling at the picnic table, and he saw us, and he just chuckled and laughed. Like, he knew who we were. Uh, you know, so all of, us, all of us got off unscathed, except for the crackheads. So uh, that's the first time I've ever dealt with the Detroit police in any kind of situation. Usually you know, you'll see them, but I've never had them come inside a building where I've been. That's the first time it's ever happened. And man, you want to talk about almost shitting your pants right off, like clear off my, my body. That's how that was. And the whole day we were running on adrenaline from that situation. Like, I can't believe that just happened. You know, you just, <laughs> that's like one of those stories. I'm going to tell my grandkids that story someday. So that's what happened in Detroit two weekends ago. It was, it was a crazy story and I was going to hold it till today. And there you guys have it. Uh, so you never know when you go exploring what might happen, no matter where you're at, whatever city, um, crazy things do occur. So um, if you do go to this school, and if you're from Detroit in, in the Urbex community, you probably know what school I'm talking about. Good old Omega Preparatory, right? Uh, just watch out for that. The crackheads do like to enjoy some time in there. And um, I've, already, I've already talked to other people who have seen on the ground floor things escalate, um, when it first opened, it was pristine. Now people are just shitting all over the floors. Like, and they're literally shitting on the floors. Just leaving just dumps of, of human waste on the floors. You know, not even in corners or in buckets, but just you know, drop and trow and shitting wherever they want to shit. And uh, that's, what, that's what's happening now to this place. I give, it, I give it time before the whole place gets ripped to hell. People will start fires in there. Winter's coming. Um, they'll try to start fires to keep warm and, and that's when bad things happen. So, you know, we didn't get to see the, the best part of the building either. The, the best part of this place was the was the auditorium. The auditorium, the li- the library is still intact, still has stuff in it. We did not get to see it. So, I'm hoping to get back there before more mounds of shit form, you know. All I can think of is Jeff Goldblum from from Jurassic Park where he's like, "This is a lot of shit. This <laughs> is giant dinosaur shit," right? There are schools in Detroit where you will find that kind of situation because of the homeless people that live there or the crackheads at least i don't think it's the homeless i think it's the crackheads that go in there and just mess up the place uh the guy we met was clean as could be um you know so i don't know and it goes to show too like not all the homeless people are you know everybody's like oh the homeless i heard more people and it kind of pissed me off because a lot of people were like oh damn bums a damn homeless blah 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 like not all the homeless are bad people some of them are just down on their luck and they're trying to get back on track and they stay in some places here and there just so that they can get a job and get things moving again. Uh, a lot of these guys are just as smart as anybody else. They just have run on bad times. And I've talked to a lot of homeless people who are fantastic and they'll give you a story and they'll you know, be nice as pie. Um, I've met some that are, you know, assholes, but I mean, it's, it's like any, anything else. 
But uh, I, I heard a lot of people bitching about, you know, these damn bums are everywhere. Not all of them are in there shitting on the floor. It's just a few of them. <laughs> but anyway, so that's the story. I wanted to tell you guys that uh, it was a crazy situation. Makes for a really good storytelling thing. You know, there's co- is this the cops? We were hoping to God there wouldn't be any dogs. Oh, that would have ended poorly. Um, I'm not a fan of dogs uh, when the cops are with them uh, because they just let them loose. So anyway, that's my story for today. Um, switching gears, speaking of being thankful for, for you know, getting out and, and, and not having to deal with the, the, the uh, you know, the, 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 the cops, um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about being thankful. I, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. It kind of makes sense to talk about that. It's the perfect time for that. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'm thankful for in life. You know, I, got, I have a career uh, that, that, pays, that pays the bills. It helps me do this job, this, this hobby. Uh, I have a good relationship. I have you know, my, my son is doing awesome in school. Uh, my family's healthy. Everything, everything is going fairly well right now on the domestic front. So there's you know, lots to be thankful for. But what I want to talk about today, um, you know, off the top of my head, a, you know, a huge chunk on you know things I'm grateful for in this wonderful hobby area that we all pursue on early mornings. You know, steamy hot days, dead of winter. You know, what am I what am I thankful for in the urban exploration sense? So, uh, without further ado, just some things I'm thankful for that I thought I'd share with you guys. And you know, as you're hearing this, you know, think about what are you, what are you guys thankful for? What are you thankful for? Um, what are you glad happens? You know, what what do you get out of this? You know, something to think about. So without further ado, here we go. Um, I am thankful that I have not fallen through any rotting wooden floors this year into dank, flooded basements. All right, that has happened or near happened this year. Did not happen. So either I learned or I wasn't in the wrong place at the wrong time. So yay for that. Uh, I am thankful that I have not been surrounded by crackheads in a dark school with only one entrance or exit and divested of my camera equipment. Um... I've been surrounded by cops, but never by crackheads. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's nothing more terrifying than being in a building and being stalked by angry, pissed off, presumably crackheads who are looking to find you and possibly rob you, um, who are yelling for you and trying to find you. It's terrifying. You have to clean your pants out afterwards. Been there and done that. Not pretty. (laughs) So this year, been lucky. Uh, I am thankful that I have not had any negative experiences with the local constabulary of any of the rural places I've poked around in in 2023. Uh, Rural cops can be far more scarier than urban cops. Um, If you've ever dealt with a sheriff or or, or anybody, they give no shits of why you're there. They don't want to hear your story. They will write you a ticket. They will whatever they're going to do. so I'm glad I haven't had to deal with that. Uh, I have not dealt in any negative ways with any local cops in any of the major metropolitan areas in my journeys this year either. Um, just as the, again, the story you just heard. <laughs> we got away with that. All right. Uh, I am thankful that I have no broken bones this year. Uh, I have not dislocated any limbs. I have not ruined up my feet by jumping down onto hard concrete surfaces, a la the Buffalo Central Terminal back in 2019 when I got plantar fasciitis for three years, all right? Glad that hasn't happened. Um, I've not drawn copious amounts of blood, aside from the usual scrapes and scratches you get, you know, while climbing into or around or out of uh, windows or through asbestos or, you know, glass floors or whatever your, you know, glass broken on the floor. You know, I haven't gotten any cuts from that, so that's a good thing. Uh, no nails in my feet is either. That's, uh, that's something I hope to never repeat. Uh, I'm thankful I had no car breakdowns on the interstates while en route to a destination. A safe car all year long. Everything's great. I've had no flat tires in rough neighborhoods far away from any reputable garages where they could be replaced. Thankful for that. Um, There's nothing more terrifying than the prospect of having a flat tire in the middle of Detroit somewhere where there's nobody around and you don't know where to go. You know, (laughs) there's nobody that's going to come and get you. So I'm glad that has not happened. Um, I'm thankful that my car, speaking of cars, was not vandalized or removed from the premises or surroundings of any buildings um, by any just local people or by the Kia boys. If you guys don't know who the Kia boys are, look it up. It's a group of, uh, for some reason, they steal Kias only exclusively and um, you know, certain years of Kias. That I guess you can, you can hack Kias using the USB port and drive them around. Uh, I have a Kia, so I'm glad nobody has done that to me. Um, you know, also thankful that nobody's towed me or had me towed. Always good. 
Um, I'm thankful that I got to see Northville Psychiatric Center outside of Detroit one more time before they completely raised the place. Uh, Northville is one of my favorite places. It was just so crazy. Uh, so many buildings there and so many, just for, for, as a psychiatric center, psychiatric hospital, there was so much to see there. Uh, they are currently, I believe, almost done tearing it down. So that's going to be gone here forever. Um, most of the big buildings are gone. I think they're going to turn it into a park, put up some trails and whatnot. Big old area, um, all gone. And, you know, within 50 years, no one will ever know it was there. One of those situations. Uh, I am thankful that I had an amazing guide to drive me around the boroughs of New York City this summer, um, as well as host me and allow me to sleep in their studio while there. So, Valerie Larco, this one's for you. Thank you very much. You'll never know how excited I was and thankful that I was that you were there to take me around the Bronx and Brooklyn and Queens and have a shoot fest the entire time, you know, and just and, and your husband's amazing cooking. All right, so I'm very thankful for that. If you're listening to this, I can never thank you enough. New York City is awesome. And, and, and her studio was air-conditioned, which was even better. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm thankful that I received no speeding tickets this year, at least up to this point. Uh, I've been trying real hard. Last year I had two, two of them, like within weeks of each other. So, um, you know, this year I've been, I've been keeping my speed down. I tend to be a little bit of a lead foot. I'm driving fast on the Ohio Turnpike, you know, cranking the tunes. And, uh, there are the Smokies waiting for me in the turnaround. And, um, twice I've gotten nailed on the way home from Explorers, you know, no less, all right, so no speeding tickets this year. You know, crossing my fingers we can get through another year. I'm trying to let them let them lapse so that my insurance goes back down again. Um, speaking of turnpikes, I am thankful that my Easy Pass tra- uh, transponder is still going strong, so that I don't have to wait behind old people at toll booths uh, while they count out seven dollars in loose change. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but old people. I don't know if you're familiar with the Easy Pass situation. Um, those of you in the, in, in the States probably know what that's all about if you're from somewhere else. Um, Easy Pass is basically a way to pay for tolls on toll roads without having to actually get out of your car and, or, or give money to anybody. It's just a little transponder that attaches to your bank account. You drive through and boop, it takes the toll right out. Uh, what happens when you drive on, the, on any turnpike is usually there's lanes that say Easy Pass and or cash. Uh, and you know, if there's nobody around, you can zip through either one of those, but sometimes you'll get stuck in the easy pass cash lanes and there'll be some old codger in front of you. Usually some boomer who refuses to get that transponder. I refuse to do that. I'm going to do these old fashioned way. And they'll be sitting there counting out pennies and nickels that they found between the seats. Right. And it's just like, Oh Jesus, come on, dude. Uh, you know, other cars are zipping past you on all sides. This guy's got his jar of pennies and he's, you know, dumping it out. It, it's, ugh, it happened. So this has not happened this year. Um, so I'm not to do that. Uh, what else here? I am also thankful that I have not gotten behind one of those old people that pull into the easy pass lane thinking that it's a regular cash credit lane. You know, holding up the traffic until some disgruntled turnpike employee waltzes out, comes over to take care of their transaction. There's always somebody who doesn't understand how it works, and they pull into the wrong lane, and they don't realize that nobody's going to open. Like, there's no place to pay. You, you're stuck there. So somebody has to come over and take care of their transaction. You know, It's a real pain in the ass. And meanwhile, everybody that's trying to get through the easy pass lane is backed up like a half mile waiting for this jackass to, to figure it out. Um, and he can't back up. He can't go anywhere. So you're stuck there. You can't move. Once you're in the lane, you can't move, as you guys know. Uh, I'm thankful for the folks at Pixel Connection in Avon, Ohio, for cleaning and calibrating my lenses so that my photos come out as they should. Um, you guys know this, that our lenses get, you know, our lenses and cameras in general get put through hell all year round with dust and just bando grime and just all that stuff. Um, these guys do an awesome job for me in my local area uh, in cleaning all that out and getting it good as new. So yay for Pixel Connection. Um, I am thankful that the security guard at the abandoned Six Flags New Orleans let us walk out instead of calling the cops. Even if we didn't get to see one of the main locations we traveled 14 hours one way to see still salty about that we were there for maybe 45 minutes before this dude rolled up on us you know it's still early in the morning so it was really hard the shots were not the best this guy shows up kicks our asses out of there <laughs> it's just like no uh so yeah but at least the police weren't involved he followed us out we did the walk of shame uh but no cops were involved 
Um, yeah. I am thankful that I didn't find one damn tick on me this year, no matter how miraculous and unlikely that may sound. Uh, I know you guys know sometimes when you go in through the back way, you're going through fields, you're going through overgrown grass, you're going through all these different pricker bushes and whatnot, and that you come out with ticks crawling all over you. I did not have one. They must not like the way I smell. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I bathe regularly. I don't know what it is. I didn't have one single tick. I didn't find one tick this year, not one. So I don't know if that's divine intervention, but I'm, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I'm thankful for gallons of Gatorade that most of the time fended off dehydration this summer. Um, I get these weird, you know, I'll forget to drink because I'm so into what I'm doing, and I'll get dehydrated, and I'll get cramps really bad. So I carry around gallons of the stuff. You know, wherever I can put it into my bag, I got, I got Gatorade stacked up in the summertime. So thankfully, I was able to escape that. Uh, I'm thankful for local historians who are always grateful to have an open ear. Um, local historians love to talk about what they know. And uh, sometimes when I'm looking to fill in the details or the gaps, when I'm preparing a, an episode or you know doing a write-up on a specific place, these local historians will, will talk your ear off, but give you all kinds of amazing info that you can then use, you know, to to put it into your, your write-up. So, yay for local historians! You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you do. Uh, I'm thankful to my good friend Glenn Petranik, uh, who is my mentor in the world of photography. Uh, Glenn got me started, and um, you know, back in 2018, uh, he gifted me my first camera, my first di real digital camera, uh, my old D300. And uh, he's continually showing me the ropes over the last few years, and uh, we've had a lot of good times, and I've learned a lot from him, and I'm always happy to go out with him. So I'm glad he's here. He's taught me a lot. I would not be here without him. Um, I am thankful for the wrecking crews at Chapman Avenue in East Cleveland for stalling out and putting the whole demolition project on hold for a few more months so that we can get a few more shots before it disappears. I did an episode on Chapman Avenue a couple couple weeks back, and um, they have stopped for a while. So the, 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 the destruction has stopped temporarily. We've been able to go back there and, and do some more shooting. So hopefully we, we, we get the winter. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, what else we got here? All right, I'm thankful that eating at Shark's Chicken and Fish in Gary, Indiana actually turned out to be amazing rather than a horrifying mistake. Um, we wanted to eat, and there was no place to go in Gary, um, you know, to eat this past weekend that wouldn't have taken us 20 minutes out of our way. So we, we rolled the dice, we ate someplace in Gary called Shark's Chicken and Fish, and it turned out to be amazing. It was fresh fish, and the people working there were amazing. They were, they were talkative, they were excited to see us, and everything tasted like heaven. Fried fish, uh, I had uh, ocean perch, it was amazing. So it uh, just goes to show, not everything in Gary is terrifying. All right? This place was amazing, I would go back a hundred times, um, and probably will next time I'm there. Um, yeah, you never know. You never know what you're going to find in Gary. Good, bad, whatever. Uh, I'm thankful I didn't die at any point in time while traversing the almost completely collapsed floors of Hudson Valley Psychiatric Center in New York. I did an episode on this eh, back in maybe March or April. Um, Hudson Valley is one of the most collapsed places I have ever been in. It is a death trap. It is beautiful in its decay, but it is a death trap, and I'm amazed that nobody has died there while exploring. That's how bad the floors are. We're talking like pancake floors, like three, four stories, just boom, 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 and there's nothing but a shell, like a brick shell. And you can see the, the doors open on the sides, you know, where the rooms were at, and just, just empty hallways. Oh, Jesus. Like, there were times when I swear I was going to die that day when we were there but I'm thankful I did not. Uh, I'm thankful for all of my fellow urban explorers who have pushed me to break past my comfort bubble over the years. When I first started doing this, I was you know, not too keen on doing certain things that I do without any problems now. Um, climbing up on high places and uh, you know, doing certain things that I wouldn't do back then, you know, going through, you know, basically trespassing here. Um, I, w I was worried about that. I was worried about getting caught. I was worried about the cops. I was worried about all these things. Now, um, not so much. I, 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 we do it smartly, but I'm not worried about certain things. I know, you know I've kind of come around to seeing things. So now it's my turn to, to reassure the younger generation of these things, as, as the older generation did for me. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I'm doing it. It's pushed me in ways you'll never know. Uh, I'm thankful that security at most places we tend to visit um, 
are beyond completely clueless, you know, these bumbling security guys, or simply don't care that we're on their property. Um, we have run into so many security guards that were sleeping on the job, who were completely not paying attention, who would walk right past us. I swear they would see us and they didn't say anything. Just I'm glad security decided to not think us worth dealing with. <laughs> so, always good. Um, I'm thankful for all the graffiti dicks that I find on walls, which give me a chance to be funny and creative while I change them into cartoon characters, rocket ships uh, or dragons with a Sharpie marker. Uh, I do that a lot. If I find a dick that was drawn with a marker, I will, I will turn it into something else. I'll turn it into a rocket ship. Um, I've turned, I turned one of them into Trogdor the Dickinator. If you're familiar with Homestar Runner, right, Trogdor the Burninator, I turned one into, I gave him a big old beefy arm and a wing and some smoke coming out of its nose, and it was Trog, Trogdor the Dickinator. Uh, it's something fun to do. If you're going to draw dicks on the walls, I may as well make them look funny and give the next person something to laugh about, right? Um, you know, it's, it's a thing. It's always fun. Uh, I'm thankful to all the amazing and hugely talented graffiti artists that leave behind these amazing, colorful, introspective, inspired tags and pieces inside all of the buildings we explore. Uh, I have seen so many things that belong in museums, some things that are just beautiful and stunning uh, that are on these factory walls and not where they should be in a, in a museum. So I'm thankful for those people. You guys have expanded my, you know, before I started doing this, I just thought of, of, of graffiti as, oh, that's just something the hood does. And it's totally not the case. Um, graffiti is a whole community, just like Urbex is. There's so many different types of people that are doing this for different reasons, and everybody has a story. And it's just a really cool community. So thank you to you guys who are doing that. Um, I'm glad they're there so we can enjoy them and document them. I love shooting your work. A lot of these guys do things that are just amazing to, to capture. Uh, you can never quite capture it the way it looks on the wall. So, uh, I am thankful, begrudgingly at times, most times, for these scrappers out there who sometimes open up locations for us with their tools and expertise. Um, you know, we, we often grumble and bitch about the scrappers ruining up a place, but let's face it, guys, a lot of times the scrappers are the ones getting us into those places. So, it's kind of a love-hate relationship, you know. Um, they open these places up for us. They do the job for us uh, where we don't have to. So, good job on them uh, for the $10 of scrap they pull out of the wall for the day. You know, I would never figure that out. We were talking about this weekend, about scrappers. Like, how, how do they make so much money doing this? There's no way they make that much money scrapping these schools out. You know, for the amount of metal they pull out of the wall, they get like 10 15 bucks. Like, that's of copper. That's nothing. Like, why, why would you bother? I don't know. I don't understand it. If you do, I would love to hear from you. Uh, I'm thankful that at least a few of the sweet old factories and buildings that we all love so much are not getting demolished, but instead are being repurposed, renovated, um, just shared with new generations that will live way beyond me and you and uh, way beyond the time I spent there exploring. You know, whatever it might be, a factory, a school, churches, I mean, if they're renovated and repurposed and, and, and made good again, made solid again, then that's that's... That's history. That's that's good to save that stuff. So we've seen so much of it get wrecked up. I'm glad somebody is saving some of it. Some of it. All right. Uh, I'm thankful for the people of the Rust Belt, my home, uh, who keep things real and show what survival under decades of rough conditions can be. Um, the Rust Belt has made me who I am. It's made me appreciate where we were and what we've done, uh, what we've gone through. All the stories that I've heard, you know, it makes me proud. Some people say, oh, the Rust Belt, that's a horrible thing to call us. But I, 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 I use that as a badge of honor. Rust Belt, to me, is a badge of honor. It's, it's like, a, yeah, man, we, we got through this shit. <laughs> We're coming out the other side. So I don't see that as a bad thing. Um, and then on that note, I'm thankful for my home, Cleveland, Ohio, the so-called mistake on the lake, uh, just for being a gritty wonderful, uh, sometimes terrifying, uh, historical, and just this colorful city throughout my life. Right, We've taken a lot of shit from a lot of people. A lot of people make fun of us. A lot of people call us all these names. You know, oh, you got you river caught on fire 60 years ago, man. Right, But we're still here. We're still kicking it out. Uh, this city has given me the inspiration to do what I do, and you know it shows me that out of all the terrible things that happen, good things spring out of it. Kind of like a phoenix coming out of the flames. That's Cleveland in a nutshell. So I'm, I'm, I'm I love you. I love, I love you, Cleveland. All right, you'll always be my home. Peace. <laughs> uh, I'm thankful that the majority um, uh, uh, of the people that I've ever met, all right, out doing this. Um, 
just just exploring and and being in different cities. Uh, just all the people that I've met who are just these most the most interesting, you know, beat of their own drum, oddball, different, unique, and real people that I've ever met anywhere uh, out on the road. I've met so many people in my time in just five years, more people than I've ever met before, and it just it, it just wow, just realizing just meeting different types of people just who's all out there and and how different people think and it really expands your horizon so i'm glad to have met all of you guys out there whoever they may be artists um you know skateboarders graffiti artists uh anybody you name it people that live in neighborhoods just all kinds of people that i've met uh, i'm glad to have met all you guys uh you really make my life all that more interesting and i'm glad you're out there glad you're out there keeping it real um you guys have broadened my horizons in ways that I didn't know they could be broadened. And uh, you've provided me with some hope that maybe our species isn't completely doomed to a mediocre whimper of an end, you know, at the end of all this. Um, you, you people are the ones keeping things, keeping things keeping. All right, keeping it going. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm thankful for all the homeless people. I mentioned this earlier. The homeless people I have come to meet and speak to. Um, over the years, and you know, they have provided me with a wholly different outlook on the outside of my life experience. You know, I grew up in the suburbs. I have no, you know, when I think of when I thought of homeless people back in the day, it was like, oh, criminals, drug addicts. That's all I ever thought. And having met some of these people, I get a totally different feel for it. It's a whole different story than what you think you know. So, you know, they've provided me with things they've seen on their adventures and hardships. I've gotten all kinds of stories that I keep with me. So, you know, whoever I've met out there, I hope you're doing well. I hope things are going okay. I hope you're keeping up. I hope you find a, a nice warm place this, this winter to stay um, and that you found what you're looking for and that you're safe. Um, that includes a gentleman veteran and his huge mastiff dog who homestead in an abandoned factory in St. Louis, very near the banks of the Mississippi River, and uh, who provided us with cold beer and camaraderie on a hellish, hot, sweaty-ass St. Louis summer day. Okay, um, some of you guys may know this guy. I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to mention what building he's at. But if you know about the Mastiff, you know who he is. This dude is, a, is an amazing character. Um, he watches the place. He, he's homesteading there. He has chickens for Christ's sake, um, and his dog. And they keep the place safe. Uh, the owner lets them live there. And this guy is amazing. Um, if you know who I'm talking about, you know. If you know, you know. Uh, I'm thankful for all the mishaps, plans gone wrong, uh, incidents, inside jokes, weird encounters, unexplained noises, chases through buildings, and hiding in dark rooms um, that I've had happen over the last five years. I'm happy for all that. As, as insane as those things have been and uh, adrenaline pumping as they've been, uh, without them, um, let's face it, I would have no interesting stories to tell. So all of the crazy stuff, all of the things that seem rough at the moment always wind up being good in the end. So I'm happy to have those events and those things that have happened um, with all of you guys out there. <laughs> okay, some of you guys I've had these experiences with, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm thankful for the Atlas Obscura, which is an amazing website. Look it up if you've never been there, uh, for which I have, would never have found about some of the off-beaten path places, these delightfully just weird places, abandoned and non, uh, that I've been able to go take a look at while on the road. Um, Atlas Obscura's got some stuff you want to check out. If you're heading to a certain city or a certain state, look it up. There's some cool stuff that you might never have known existed. So, yeah, free website, always growing. You can, you can even write your own articles. If you find something cool that's not on it, you can actually add an article. Um, I've done that myself a couple of times. It's kind of cool. Uh, what else do we have here? A couple more things. I am thankful for all of the other photographers and explorers out there, all of you guys. Uh, some who I know very well, and others I only know through their work. Uh, you guys make life so much more interesting, and I, and I mean that. Uh, when I see your Instagram work, and I see your Facebook pages, and I see all these different things that you're doing, the different projects you're working on, um, it's exciting. And I'm very glad to have come to know so many of you over the last five years. Um, some of you as good friends, some of you just, you know, maybe just, you know, we've met a couple times, or we've talked online, or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm glad for all of you. The grand majority of you, all right, I'm very happy about. Um, I'm glad you guys are out there keeping things going. Um, we, we took a big hit this year as explorers, and uh, but we're still kicking it. We're still getting the job done. So thanks for being there, guys. Uh, keep, keep doing what you do. Um, 
you know. Certainly, to, certainly some tales to tell the grandkids uh, with some of you guys, for sure. Um, I'm thankful to all the people who follow me and interact with me on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, oh, I'm sorry, X, and wherever else I toss up a photo now and again. Um, your words of kindness, your suggestions, uh, the information you share with me, discussions about locations, you know, your personal stories, any kind of commentary, uh, it makes my life all the more interesting. And you guys inspire me to continue on, to do this. Um, I enjoy creating content for you guys so we can have these conversations and, and, and have a good time and, and just enjoy the art. Um, you know, I like when you guys share sites with me and, or even your own site and I come on over and check out your stuff. It's great. Uh, it's a great exchange. Um, it inspires me to keep doing what I do for you guys. Even on days where it seems like everything is shit and nothing's working and everything is bad and the algorithm's crapping out and you know, that kind of thing. So I, I love you guys for that. Uh, and lastly, this is the last one, I promise. All right, lastly, I'm thankful for all of you out there who take the time to tune in and listen to me you know, gab away about adventures I've had in this crazy world we have here. Um, I don't know who all of you are or exactly who listens in, but the fact that you do and you come back weekly to hear what's next makes me excited to begin working on each week's you know, next episode. Um, the fact that you guys are here, you're tuning in. A couple of you guys email me now and again or message me, and I'm, I'm, I always that always makes my day when you guys let me know how things are going. Um, I couldn't do it without you guys and your support and your encouragement, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are amazing, and you, you, you make my life fantastic. All right, so thank you for all of that. So those are just off the top of my head some of the things I'm, I'm thankful for at Thanksgiving time. Um, I'm thankful all year, but, you know, this time of year we like to show, you know, we talk about what we're thankful for. Um, think about it on your own here. Think about what you're thankful for. I would love to hear from you guys, either in the comments or, you know, message me. Like, what are you thankful for? What, what do you hear? Whether it's, you know, urban exploration or photography or something else, you know, what are you thankful for? Uh, what keeps you going? What gets you through the hard times? I'd love to hear your stories. Please let me know. All right, send me a message. Drop me an email. Drop me a message on Facebook. All right. On that note, I'm going to go make myself some dinner because it's getting late and I'm starving and uh, my vacation starts right now. So um, by the time you guys hear this, it will probably be Thanksgiving Day. So whatever you're doing out there, as always, enjoy. Spend some time with your family. Uh, get some good grub going, whatever that might be. Um, I'm, I can, I'm salivating thinking about the turkey already. Just uh, you know, stay safe. Drive safe if you're traveling. Um, just have a good time with your folks. Okay, uh, if you have time to explore this weekend, great. But you know, focus on that Thursday, guys. Focus on the Thursday. You know, fall asleep from the tryptophan, uh, you know, injection that you get. All right, eat some apple pie. It's all good. All right. Thank you, gang. Thanks for hearing me out today. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I will see you guys in the next one. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you then. This is Mr. P signing out.